fucking son? Yeah, sense. Oh, don't worry, man. This shit is whack. He'll biff himself halfway through the match. Tripping ass, lip smacking, pancake munching, motherfucker. Yo, Nick. What's the L double East looking double series tonight? Shit's getting hot. You're counting on me, dog. Why are you clowning me, KCDC? Did you check out what the fuck I rolled up into this bitch in tonight? Damn, that's just a loose. Bookie's got smiles hugged all up my face. What? That shit's going on. We got some splits, dog. Late to DC. The late vitro and two for five bitches is what? to another episode of that so random a random movie podcast i'm heath lambert Woof. so we often contemplate at least two other times in the course of this podcast is this the worst movie we'll possibly watch for this how low can the bar be set we should just stop saying that but <laughs> I'm willing to give it one more shot because this, my friends, has to be the worst movie we will ever get <laughs> this podcast. The uh, F- from the year <clears throat> 2011. I chose not to inflict this on anyone else because I would like them to remain my friends. So I chose my brother, and Chris Lambert is back, because he's always going to be my brother, no matter what I do. So... <laughs> now, when I told you... You decided to bust that theory. Yeah. <laughs> if this doesn't do it, I don't know what will. So, when I told you what movie it was, you're like, oh, I, I actually know what that is. I saw that trailer and laughed my ass off. Sir, having now watched the film... Same assessment? <laughs> uh, not in the same way. I mean, there is... There is... There are things to laugh at, but it's more just pain. Deep hurting, as the Mads like to say. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. There are, for me, in this comedy... Two, two laugh lines. Two lines that made me chuckle. I had one, and I, I imagine that it's probably one of your two. It's probably the same one. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to <laughs> This movie. You know how when you and all your white friends really, really want to say the N-word, but you know you can't get away with it, so you thought... If I write a screenplay and we make it as a movie, we'll be allowed to do it. That's this fucking movie. Every other line of dialogue in this movie is white guys. Well, okay, there's an Asian guy. He's like the prime offender. Here's a test. Here's everybody go and do this while, while the podcast is running. I'll give you a minute. Jump on Google and type in, can Asians say, and as soon as you put in the, I tested this, as soon as you put in the S in the word say, you know what it auto-completes? Can Asians say the N-word? And the universal answer across the internet is, fuck no, they can't. (laughs) Like, no shit. You know who can? 
black people. Hey. You know how many black people are in this movie? Zero. Not yes. one. And I, I, I honestly believe that 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 was because the writer director star knew that if there was a black person on camera, the entire rest of the cast would have gotten their asses beat beat. Oh, I'm sure he ran it up a flagpole and said, Hey, <laughs> you want to come be in this? And they looked at the script and went, nah. I don't think so. In fact, you need to leave right now. <laughs> yeah. Get out of my car. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's because here's the thing. And I know times are maybe a little different now than in 2011, but I would like to think even in 2011, the concept that quote-unquote ironic racism and misogyny and homophobia are still racism, misogyny, and homophobia. But apparently no one taught that to the Trost brothers who made this movie. It started as a short, and it should have stayed as a short. I haven't seen the short, I'm not going to. Here's a mind bender. This movie has a sequel. Yeah. And if you look on IMDb, okay, so one of the Trost, the Trost brothers are the guys that wrote and directed this movie. One of them, apparently, must be buddies with Seth Rogen, because he's been the DP on a ton of Seth Rogen movies, and in fact, directed that American Pistol movie that just came out a while ago. So he has moved on to bigger and certainly better things somehow based on this resume. The other brother, the star of this movie, the one who wears an eye patch, depending on where you look, if you look at his Wikipedia, it says he wears it because he's blind in his right eye. If you look at IMDb Trivia, it says he wears it as a fashion suit. Either of those things, I believe. <laughs> it could be, and look, if, if he needs an eye patch, uh, you know, I'm not casting aspersions on that. If it's an eye patch he's wearing for fashion that he does not need, he's, I believe it. <laughs> it seems like, based on this anyway, this film, and none of his other output that I have or am going to see, is exactly the kind of douchebag who would wear an eye patch for fun at all times. Like every picture of him, he has his eye patch. So I'm going to assume he actually needs it. That brother, that cross brother, you know what his next three projects are on IMDb? The FP3, the FP4, and the FP5. He's planning three more of this of these things. And I, w I would actually be curious to see, because I think the second one didn't come out until like 2018, maybe? I would be interested to see, as the tide has changed slightly or significantly guys depending on how you look at it in this country and around the world if things about if the content of this of the sequel has changed dramatically from this one and in these new ones he's supposedly making are they still throwing the n-word around willy-nilly i'm i'm not curious enough to watch it and find out but I'm a little curious. So if anyone knows who's seen this sequel, let me know if they like them, learned a lesson from, because I'm sure they caught some grief. I don't know how it's not possible that they didn't. I don't think. Um, 
yeah, so when I saw the description for this, I'll do anything to not talk about the actual plot of this movie. Um, when I saw the description, it's a movie, it's two gangs who, the way they fight is from Dance Dance Revolution. I was like, okay, this could be something. This could be like a dodgeball or a Zoolander, where you're taking something fairly mundane and a little silly and injecting into it this unwarranted gravitas and importance to make it seem, you know, that's what Dodgeball is, that's what Zoolander is. That could work. Or it could be like a Kung Fury, where it's taking these tropes that we know from other things and just blowing them up to 11 and taking them so over the top that it's impossible to take it seriously. It's not any of those things. Because, I mean, this is supposed to be a comedy, but everything is played so earnestly. And I suppose that's that's the joke is, isn't it funny how overly earnest it is? But that in and of itself is not a joke. You still have to have actual jokes in the comedy, and this does not. No, everything about this movie, but its humor is so bone-crushingly unfunny. There's, like I said, there there was one line I laughed at, and it was because of the delivery and the, the complete lunacy of what he was saying. But it was just, it was one of those, <laughs> and then it was over, and then I never laughed again. Yeah, and I feel like the idea is just that you're supposed to point to the screen and go, ha, it's funny because it's just white people <laughs> calling each other the N-word, calling each other bitch. Like, okay, I, I swear a lot. The swearing in this movie is out of control. There's, there's barely a word of dialogue that isn't a swear word, but somehow they still manage to form kind of sentences that you can follow, and that in itself is kind of amazing. <laughs> well, okay, let's, let's, all right, let's start. First thing, <laughs> it says Draft House Films logo comes up. I'm like, all right, Draft House Films. I've heard of that. <laughs> That's a respectable, I guess, that Alamo Draft House started making their own movie. This maybe something nope um then we have some voiceover by james remar who got suckered into this well i suppose he didn't have to show up on set he just had to go in a recording booth and record some uh narration at the beginning some good yeah a good paycheck for him i guess um telling us that in the town of fraser park california there's two groups that are at war, the 248, the 245, and they're struggling for control of this town, and it's like dark red print on a black screen, and there's like Terminator music behind it, you know, so it's supposed to have this real Mad Max feel. Then we meet two of the main characters. Jatro and Bitro, who are brothers, and 
that are meeting some of their friends. They're in some weird dilapidated warehouse with wires hanging all over. Everyone's dressed like the warriors, but shitty. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. It's bad. Um, you were talking about lines of dialogue that make sense. Let's talk about so this movie has invented its own slang sort of like Frank Miller in Dark Knight Returns how the gangs had their own slang that you kind of had to use context clues to figure out what the hell they were talking about like that except it's all based on no it's all based on insults and weird I guess what they think is like bourbon speak or something <laughs> or like one eight seven I think I've said this before on this podcast for another movie, but it is it's like how stupid white people think black people talk. Yeah. And that's even if you couldn't have finagled your way into getting a black person on the in the cast of your movie maybe have an advisor standing off camera just shaking his head. Nope. Back to the drawing board, sir. <laughs> and a lot of their insults are like food-based for some reason, like <laughs> you're a corn dog-eating motherfucker and this is like something about wop. Like They have a real thing about <laughs> picking on people based on food. I don't know. It's all real dumb. And so within the first, let's say, minute and a half, as they're walking through, doing this weird speak to each other, and we're meeting other characters like Casey DC, who's the one Asian guy in the movie, um, L Double E, who's like the bad guy, he's got a mohawk and a grill, but is still, I uh, perhaps he's also Asian, or perhaps Hispanic, but he's white enough that he shouldn't be talking the way he talks in this movie. Um, and within, yeah, within the first 90 seconds, I'm going, okay, but this can't be the movie, right? Like, this has to be, like, a funny setup, like, dream sequence or something that we're going to, and then we're going to cut to, like, the real world, and maybe we'll cut back in and forth out of this. Like, maybe this is, like, the place in his head that this guy goes to when he gets really into Dance Dance Revolution. Or, I'm sorry, Beat, beat Revolution, because we couldn't afford the rights to Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> they would never give them to you for this piece of shit. Yeah, no, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> we asked. They read the script. It's not happening. Um, but no, this is the movie. And I was befuddled. <laughs> Once when it continued and kept going, I was like, "Oh no, this oh, okay, this is the movie. Got it." Yeah, there is not one straight line of dialogue in this movie. It's all this, and it's like it's got that like we're not using the English language like everyone else does, but you can kind of follow it enough to know what they're saying. Type thing. like I would, <laughs> and please, no one hurt me for this, but. I would compare it to Shakespeare, like the way he writes people talking, but if Shakespeare was a complete tool. 
I can't I can't follow you down that road. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying. No, I I just mean like it's complete and utter like or sort of almost another language. Maybe a closer maybe a closer analogy because I think the closest thing to Shakespeare is Deadwood. Okay, yeah. But maybe even closer than that, like the way that it's just heightened in a lot of ways, heightened language, the way that like a Kevin Smith dialogue is. Like no one actually talks like that. But it's snappy and it's fun to say and it's fun to hear, you know. But no human being actually talks like Kevin Smith. But this is a level beyond that because it's not even like they're not making up words per se, but they are putting words together in a way that no one ever has before. <laughs> but not in a way that's like, oh, that's originally cool. In a way that's like horrifying, <laughs> like, yeah, and just insipid. And but it's done so much that they clearly thought that it was cool. Oh, and I'm sure, I'm sure if you looked at Letterboxd or IMDb or somewhere, I bet you there are five-star reviews, ten-star reviews for this movie. <laughs> Love it. Oh. The funniest fucking thing they've ever seen. And those people should be on a list, because this movie is possibly hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, yeah. Absolutely. So, okay. And I would, I would sort of be interested to hear the Tross brothers explain what the thought process is where we thought this was okay. I, I don't yeah, think I there's an excuse good enough. Because again, <laughs> it's that weird sort of, and it's kind of a liberal thing more so than a conservative thing of like, oh, I'm being ironically racist, so don't come at me because I'm not actually racist, but it's, you know, but you're not, this isn't pointing out racism in society because it's a made-up bullshit society it's not point it's not right. point of misogyny it's just an eight gallon tub of misogyny every woman in this movie is and these aren't my words these are the movie's words a cum dumpster right yeah every woman in this movie is just here to suck dudes dicks and be drunken whores. Like, again, not my words, the movie's words. <laughs> it's insane. The way women are treated in this movie is maybe the worst I've ever seen in any movie. And that's saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's bananas. So I don't know what, like, ironic, humorous filter you would thought you were running this through, but you're not. It's just gross. And same with the homophobia. People are calling each other faggot. People are calling each other... Like, it's... It's not funny. It's not... You're not shining a light on anything. It's a dorky movie about cosplay people playing BB's up Dance Dance Revolution. We're still yeah. not getting into the plot. We're still just talking about the overarching problems of this movie. <laughs> Like, I can't believe... It's just crazy to me that one of these people has gone on to have, like, a real career making real movies. Because this calling card should have been enough that you never worked a day again in your life. 
And I don't mean in the way of, like, you were born rich. I mean in the way of, like, welcome to Denny's. You're the new host until you die. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand how this flew, how this got a pass. I, I, I don't get it. But... <clears throat> Okay, so it's the first match we're going to watch. And let's also mention that as far as cinematic things that are cool to look at, you know what's not? Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't watch a lot of, like, dance movies, like Step Up to the Streets or something, but the bits I have seen, I'm like, that's pretty cool looking. I wish I could do that. You can make real dancing cinematic. And exciting and entertaining to look at people stomping on a board with arrows on it pretending to dance the least interesting possible to watch well and then also they that is so little of the movie like like you said earlier it almost could have worked like if that was like the the joke it was like dodgeball but it's like five percent of the movie and everything else is just pointless scenes with inane dialogue that makes no sense for an, an hour and 15 minutes and well and there's also a lot of training montages to get ready for the next big oh, yes. revolution match at the end but it's predicated on the idea that this is what the world has come to in this crazy post-apocalyptic, it's not, but this crazy post-apocalyptic world where these gangs, this is how they sort out their differences and gain control of territory and whatnot. Because we're not going to bother, we're not, we've somehow evolved beyond fist fights, car chases, and gunfights. But guess what the end of the movie is? Fist fights, car chases, and gunfights? So what's the point of beating the revolution in the fucking first place? Yeah. I'm, I'm not so to jump ahead angry. too much. But I've never that. been so loud and angry on this podcast before. <laughs> but you get to that, not to jump too. I mean, I don't. Honestly, I don't care. Jumping ahead oh, to the end fight, <laughs> they do their dance dance thing, and then immediately it's like, well, screw that. I lost, so I'm gonna pull out a gun and shoot at you. So that there was no point to it at all. You should have just started shooting at each other as soon as you showed up. Yeah, and there's multiple times where, like, we're mad at each other, we're going to get in each other's face and, like, chest bump each other. But the one time anybody throws a punch, the guy, like, falls down, like, oh, God, please stop. Like, it hurts. Like, <laughs> which I guess is sort of a joke that, like, these are, like, suburban pussies who aren't, like, these aren't tough guys. These are, you know, that this is how they resolve their things with this stupid dance video game. But it's not, because it actually winds up becoming real gang warfare at the end, which makes everything that came before it fucking pointless. Right. right. God damn it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Beatro's like the champ dancer. He's going up against for the 245, right? Or down backwards? I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> One of them is great. One of them is 245. He's up again. He's in a match with L Double E. He is wearing, and by he I mean Beatro, is wearing what well, has to be the least conductive footwear to dancing or pretend video game dancing I could possibly imagine. 
like giant astronaut snow boots. Like clunky, like isn't it about like being able to move your feet fast and precisely? Don't wear these. But these are like his magic, like his magic boots. Like he, this is how he's part of why he's so good is because he has these crazy, like they're enormous boots that I would imagine would be hard to even walk in, let alone dance in. Uh, which is probably supposed to be a joke too, but it's just dumb. But because nothing is flagged as a joke, everything is treated so earnestly and so, you know, like you're watching the Warriors, like you're watching a drama or you're watching the Karate Kid or something, and it's not. Oh my god, I can't stand it. Um, Ichiro dances himself to death. Somehow. <laughs> yeah, there's no that at all. He's not like clutching his heart. He's just like dancing slower and slower until he falls over and dies. And that's the exciting incident, I guess. <laughs> oh. And of course, so J Tro is like, no, my brother died. I'll never beat the revolution again. And at this point, I'm still like, okay, maybe this is the joke. You know? Because now it, like, cuts to, like, the title or credits or something. I'm like, okay, cool. So that was the first scene. I didn't enjoy it, but it's just, like, an introductory thing. And now we'll get to the real movie that is not like this, surely. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> so Tatro is... Wait, the next scene, and I just, I wrote this in my notes, and I have to say it, it's stolen straight out of X-Men Origins Wolverine. And that's not a movie you want to steal from. No. Neither <laughs> is, okay, that's a good reference. My reference was that this is the Dexter finale. <laughs> it's also something you don't want to replicate. So either way, they're pulling from shit you don't want to copy. Because Jatro has left the life behind. He's out. He's a logger now. He's out cutting logs and carrying logs around on the edges of town or whatever. So KCDC, the Asian guy who calls everybody the N-word, comes <laughs> tracks him down. Is like, well, you know, what you leave? We need you to come back. Like, we need you. The two four eight is running roughshod over us, and he's like, no, I'm not in that life no more. Like, it's you know, there's potential here. Like, I mean, again, in Dance Dance Revolution is not at all entertaining to watch people do but the idea of like lending importance and gravitas to something this stupid could have been funny in a dodgeball way or a zoolander way and taking these tropes and sort of elevating but it isn't really elevated in this way it's just copying them badly um and yeah that's that's another thing I had written down is that you can't even like cling to the things that we love using here of, you know, that would never happen. That's so rea realistic because nothing in this movie is in any way attached to reality. <laughs> like you can't even do that. You, you can't even be like, oh, that's unrealistic because it's it's its own microcosm of stupidity. 
and it's just like well you might as well whatever that was i guess because it doesn't make any sense anyway yeah and i think that that's i think in their heads they thought well that's the joke that's what will be the through line that will make this constantly funny is that like how over the top is it but that in and of itself is not a joke the same way that Family Guy has been on for 20-some years doing the same three jokes over and over again, one of which is just referencing things with no joke attached. Remember when yeah. I'm Kool-Aid Man and Kool-Aid Man breaks through the wall? Hey, I'm Kool-Aid Man. And that's not a fucking joke. It's a reference. In and of itself, is not funny. And this is the same sort of idea of like, oh, see how height, like how ludicrous and over the top this is, but it's not there's no depth to it. There's no nothing to it. It's all just surface. Oh. And you know what? Not having the hard R at the end of the N-word, not going to save you. I'm sure they thought, well, we're not, we don't have a hard R at the end of it, so we're fine. No, you're fucking not. <laughs> no. It's the same word. It doesn't matter. God damn it. So, yeah, I, KCDC, I, I, go ahead. I know, I was just doing what you were doing. I was getting back into, not, I'm not going to say it's a plot, because it's not a plot, but um, he kind of, sort of, gets him on the fence about coming back, and takes him to meet ELT, who was a friend of his brother's, and is now supposed to be like his Mr. Miyagi. And <laughs> I just want, I, I can't help it. I have to jump. I mean, not, it's not really a jump, but just skip a little bit to where he, DC, is trying to convince Jitro to come back, or Jitro to come back. And he, uh, <laughs> he starts telling him about how the reason things are worse now in the FFP is because. Yeah, this is the one, one of the funny ones. There's only one liquor store, and Nubby now has control of it, so he decides who gets liquor. Now, the homeless people can't get liquor. They've, they've, they've gone over to meth, and so now there's no bums, and there's no bums to feed the ducks. <laughs> and the line... Uh, Oh my god, I don't even know if I can get it out. I might have to let you do it. Let's <laughs> he says, yeah, he says there's no... Because the idea is that because the 245 control the whole apparently liquor store, they have all the liquor, they're not giving any liquor to the 248, and suddenly because no one in town can drink, they've all turned to drugs instead. So everyone in town is like on meth. <laughs> But, like, there aren't meth bums, too. Like, bums aren't just alcohol. <laughs> There's meth bums and heroin bums. Like, but, yeah, it's, there's no, there's no drunks, so there's no bums. There's no bums to feed the ducks. And what's a town without ducks? <laughs> That's the line. And the way he says it is actually kind of funny. Well, and how is the next line? The next line was funnier to me, but I, I'm not going to say it because he uses the N-word. But he says, how's a N-word 
supposed to sort his shit out without those ducks. <laughs> yeah. That was the line that made me laugh. Because he says it so earnestly, this. like he's on the brink of tears saying it. <laughs> yeah, there's not many lines from this movie we we can quote on mic <laughs> or off. I mean, I'm not, not to imply that I'm a different person off mic, like because it's so filled with that's uh. yeah so that's the one i'll get to the other line that made me laugh later um which i'm slightly more comfortable saying but still not 100 <laughs> percent um but okay so based on the beginning that first scene we're expecting this dystopian post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic Mad Max type world outside of that dance room that we saw them, the base of operations. No. It's just a shitty little town. The world is normal. The world is carrying on without these people. <laughs> That's it exactly. It's like which, just part of, which I know is part of the joke, but it's just fucking dumb. That it's like nothing of importance is happening whatsoever you're just a bunch of dorky LARPers who are obsessed with this stupid, terrible video game. <laughs> and you can that walk away from it at any moment. <laughs> There's nothing keeping you in this scenario. It's so crazy. Um, so, BLT's house where Jatro is crashing in a, well, to start with, he's only allowed in a tent in the front yard <laughs> um, at BLT's house is right across the street from Stacy's house. And Stacy's a girl, one of the three girls in this movie. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Who we sort of met earlier, there's kind of a flirtation between <clears throat> Stacy and Jatro, if you can call it, if you can decipher that from her nonsense dialogue, <laughs> you know, but, and he can hear her being verbally and possibly physically abused by a man, her father, from across the street. Um, he doesn't go do anything about it, and so she comes out, and they have a you know, the conversation. <clears throat> All right, well, the part that I loved about this is like, and again, it was almost a laugh. It would have almost been a laugh. Retarded, ridiculous, and stupid. But the, he, like, he's, she comes walking out of his house and he sees her, or out of her house, he sees her. She sees him, and he, like, spasbros himself on the ground behind his car so she won't see him. And she's clearly already seen him. And I almost chuckled at that, because it's just so ridiculous. But Yeah, and we don't know why he's hiding from her no. in the first place. Like, he likes this girl. Well, sort of. <laughs> yeah. We have a conversation later that is mind-blowing. But... Um, and I had to write down this line of her dialogue just because it just jumped out at me where she's they're talking and she's like, so what have you been doing? 
and he's like, well, you know, I've been cutting logs and shit. And she says, logs is chill. <laughs> yeah, and that's how everything she says it. Cool? I don't know, but it was just such a, such a standout stupid line that I had to write it down. Well, I'm actually going to back you up because I was going to say something about that exchange because they're standing in the street talking and she says, what have you been up to? And then we hard cut to they're sitting on a bench or a picnic table or whatever outside yeah. of the hot dog place. And here he's answering her question. Oh, just cutting logs and shit. Which means <laughs> that she asked him a question and he went, shh. And then they walked over to this food eatery. And it's night. Food. Yes, now the sun has gone down. <laughs> now he's like, okay, now I can answer your question. I do. <laughs> it's fucking dumb. Like, um, God, I can't stand it. Um, yeah, there are. I'm just going to get into it now. We kind of touched on it earlier. There's, as far as on-camera time, I had written two. I realize there's three. There's basically three women in this movie. One is Stacy, who is constantly drunk, constantly being victimized by either her father or her boyfriend. Um, and is basically a sex doll for everyone in town. And then there is another girl who's kind of LW, LWE's other girlfriend who doesn't get much to do but she's kind of just being verbally abused by him constantly riding around in his truck there's a third girl whose sole role in this movie and I guess they thought this was fucking hilarious is to stand in the background with her tits out for no reason yeah <laughs> Like, as, like, the, the DVR matches are happening, she will just be, and the only person in the movie or in the room like this, she'll be standing there with her breasts hanging out, sometimes with a guy just absentmindedly fondling. That is her role in this movie. That is her role in this world. <laughs> Jonah, I don't understand. I don't understand why this is funny. Yeah, see, I I paid so little attention to the screen watching this movie that I didn't even see her till the final scene, and it was just like, oh, okay, that's there. I, was she in the movie before the final scene? Yeah, she's at the first DDR fight. Okay. She's also yeah. at um, the trailer hinge meth party later on. She's at the last fight. That's when she's getting like groped and fondled. Yeah, that was the part I saw. It. Yeah. I, I gotta, I'm gonna be honest with you. My notes are very sparse on this one, compared to normal. Because after, no, I'll never play Beat Beat Revelation again. I kind of checked out. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did what I could. I tried, man. But I'm gonna admit, I and this, I've never been so angry about anything in quite a while. Um, I had to watch this movie twice because the first time I was watching it. I got done and I realized that there's a span of about 20 minutes in the middle that I don't remember at all. <laughs> so I had to go back and start over. And I was so pissed at myself 
I mean, it was difficult to pay attention to. I don't blame myself. But the cost of that was having to watch it again, and that's infuriating. Um, um, the Jay trope is there's a, there's a bunch of throughout the movie, but especially here, there's a bunch of training montage of BLT trying to get Jatro back into fight and dance and shape. A lot of which includes arm work, like weightlifting with his like just his arms and doing arm things, which are have no bearing on dance dance revolution whatsoever. So that seems like a waste of time. Well, the thing that jumped out at me was the fact, and like you said, it does come out in the end, but in this montage, he's training with guns. And I was like, why? <laughs> Is he yeah, there's doing a lot of running up a firearm tiger practice? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of dance dance kids. Playing dance dance with BLT on his back, and a lot of racing BLT up this not terribly steep whatsoever hill. And. Yeah, like weightlifting with just his arms, and then also like target practice with a gun. <laughs> Two of those things are not like the other because they have nothing to do with Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there's another scene where Stacy comes and takes Jatro to the thrift store, and they have a conversation about, you know, oh, I can't wait to get out of this shitty town. You know, and he kind of reveals that, like, I'm not really planning to leave town. Like, I'm fine here. Which, yeah, she tells him that her big ambition is to be a stripper. Yes. <laughs> the female lead of our movie. Her goal in life is to become a stripper. And look, hey, nothing wrong with strippers, but it's part and parcel with how this woman is presented and treated in this movie, and every woman in this movie is. And it's just, it's shocking. It's... Um, another thing I have written in my notes here that I want to get to, just because time and stuff, but, uh, but uh, well, that I was shocked by is the... Not celebrity cameos that are in this, but just random cameos. Because like yeah, here, well, that's coming up. You see, the yeah, the next scene, they're going to this like minor dance dance thing that he has to do in order to earn the right to dance against Dubby. And this guy in a clown wig comes up to the car trying to sell him drugs, and it's Clifton Clifton. It was is Clifton Collins, is that his name? Yeah, Clifton Jr. Collins Jr. Oh my god. Somehow in this movie. So randomly. And like Stacy's dad is I wrote his name down because I couldn't remember it. Sean Whalen. Sean Whalen who's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in Twister, he was the the milk commercial guy with the Uber with the peanut butter sandwich. Way back yeah. in the eighties. He's one of the he's one of the poils on uh, it's always sunny. Yes. Like, you recognize him when you see him. But Clifton Collins Jr. is the one that blew me away, where I was like, what the fuck is he doing in this movie? Like, yeah, because everyone else in this movie, you never heard of, you never will hear of, and that is right and good. Well, the That's... one guy, there's one character who... Well, there's one character whose name I literally can't even say. Yes. 
But his buddy, the guy who was always carrying around the, the oh, tan yeah. box, is the guy That's who was on. I thought it was the guy from American Vandal at first, but it's not. It's the guy. He was in like Detroit Rock City, and um, some other stuff in the early two thousands. Yeah. So I, I recognized him. I, I couldn't tell you his name, but um, yeah. Before that, BLT gives. J Tro, B Tro's big stupid boots as like a prize for like, oh, you've been training good, and your brother wanted me to pass these on to you. <laughs> we forgot to mention there's a B Tro shrine in this basement. This basement, which has like a water, like a dripping, like part of the floor is missing, and it's gathered like water just constantly dripping down. Like, but it's the basement of this man's house. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. Um, then they go, BLT, Jintro, and KCDC go on a run where KCDC runs into Beverly's li liquor store to steal beer to take to the, because this party they're going to is BYOB, and they, <laughs> they only smoke, so he has to run in and like steal it, and they drive off. At which point, the guy, a guy runs out of the liquor store and goes, calls the cops. Which we never, I mean, like, we never see any cops in the movie. <laughs> and there's no... So there are cops in this town. Again, it's not this wasteland. It's just a town. <laughs> what are they doing? Um, yeah, then there's the Clifton Collins Jr. They've gone to a different area that's the 138. Which, uh, I mean, I thought maybe it is, is this, like, the area code on the phone? But it's, it's the shape yeah. of the town. There's no way it has three different area codes. <laughs> so it must be a different town altogether. Who fucking knows? Um, Jatro gets at this party. Jatro gets uh, dosed in his drink with meth. And another thing that these uh, the white boys who made this movie have apparently never done is meth. I've never done meth. <laughs> you know what meth isn't like? LSD. <laughs> he gets dosed with meth and starts tripping and like seeing like that's not what meth does yeah he has like a he has like a hallucination dream where he's being mobbed by zombies and then just comes to in the middle of a dance dance match and he's just he's dancing and he's like oh okay and just dances and he wins somehow uh, <laughs> I don't know how you can win a match you don't know you're in but he does He's just that good. <laughs> and he's messed up so he can move really fast. But yeah, I've, I've never done meth, but I have known people who have done meth, and they've described the experience to me, and it's certainly not this. This is like <laughs> if you ate magic mushrooms. Oh, God. So, we get another Jatro and Stacy scene where... She's kind of like, why did you never ask me out? Well, the last time she tried to hit on him at the party, she's sloppy drunk, and she's like pouring beer on herself and being like super over-sexual, but also like where you wouldn't want to even touch her because she's being so gross and drunk and like... And his response, yeah, she's like, why wouldn't you know, like, why would you never like go out with me or ask me out or whatever? And his response is... 
I don't remember the exact quote, but it amounts to because you're the town bystander. And everyone, like, basically what he, his response is that, like, I never asked you out because you're the town whore. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great relationship they have. Um, Yeah, and she tells him that, like, oh, you were never, well, that's coming up. Um, At this point, LWE pulls up. No, that's even after that. God, who gives a shit? I got it all mixed up. Um, I know. I, I actually have no notes beyond this point except the scene with her dad and then the the end fight. Because I, I just stopped writing. Yeah, we'll try to burn through this fast. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he's sitting in the front yard. Even though he's been allowed into the house at this point, BLT has said, okay, you can sleep on the sofa. You don't have to sleep in tent anymore. He still sits outside a lot between training sessions. And he hears Stacy being attacked verbally and probably physically. Well, we know for sure physically because she's got a black eye. Um, by her dad again, he finally summons up the balls to run across the street and save her. And her dad comes out. Yeah, it's Sean. Wait, Sean Whalen? Is that what it is? Sean Whalen. <laughs> Who? You know what this movie was missing? I mean, we got racism. We've got homophobia we've got rampant misogyny what's on the checklist we've been missing so i know transphobia we almost made it through the movie because he comes out in like a lady's like pink robe and makeup on and he's like look at this freak what a degenerate fucking you know thanks movie i thought we would maybe get by without one you know, but nope, you had to hit them all. Congratulations. And, he, and he's hitting, I don't know what this thing was. He's hitting them with like, it looks like it's like a badminton it's racket. One of those, it's one of those bug zappers that is a tennis racket. I've seen oh, it on yeah. like Wish and stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks like that. And he's hitting them with it and it's like shocking them. So Jatro, like again, Jatro doesn't get a hit in. Like, he gets his ass handed to him by this, you know, her weirdo trans dad. Can you believe what it, like, for what? For what? For what purpose? Other than, isn't that funny? And the answer is no. And you know what's not, you know what shouldn't be in a comedy whatsoever? the verbal, physical, and sexual abuse of a lady by her father, by everyone she meets. That's uproarious. Like, that's not... I don't get it. I don't understand what you're going for. Because it's not... There's no way to ironically spin that as, like... Oh, you just don't get it. No. Like, no, I fucking get it. It's gross. I'm not saying that that can't be in movies, but not this fucking movie, where nothing is treated seriously, and yet everything is treated way too seriously, but you inject this into, like, this doesn't belong here. God. So, 
Yeah, so Jigsaw and her run away, but they don't get far because LWE and his other girlfriend pull up in their truck, and he's immediately like, get the truck, bitch, come on. Like, just constant, <laughs> just raining verbal abuse on this woman and the other woman in the truck. Telling her anytime somebody says mouth in this movie, they don't say mouth, they say cocksucker. It's like shut your cocksucker. Like, mouth isn't a word that exists. It's been replaced right. with word. Like, which again is just like, fuck, really? God damn it. <laughs> so, and Jaco's like, well, obviously she's not going to go with me because, and she's like, oh no, I'm going with him because he keeps my dad in beer. And if my dad doesn't get beer, then he turns to meth. And if he's on meth, then he beats me and rapes me more. So I'm going to go with LWE. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> this, uh, this poor girl, this poor man. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Um, so Jatro goes to, I don't even remember where he goes, but he goes somewhere and she catches up with him and she's sort of run away from LWE. She's got another black eye because well, you know, LWE punches her around too. Um, yeah, and she's saying she's done. She's done with LWE. She wants to be with him. And he's not just another notch in her bedpost. It means something different to him. And they hook up. Um, so we have LWE. LWE is in a payphone. Here we go again. Oh, there's a. Possibly, I'm assuming this is a fourth woman. Wait for it. LWE's calling his buddy, whose name I can't repeat. <laughs> Look it up on IMDb, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, it's calling this guy up and saying, hey, make sure you bring guns to this final match. Which is the point where I'm like, well, guns are an option? Why would we? Yeah, he's planning to cheat. No matter what happens, win or lose, they're gonna shoot the place up and take out the two, four, eight, forever. But the guy that he's talking to on the phone isn't responding to him because there's a woman with her face in his lap. The yeah, fourth yeah. woman in this film. Round of applause. Oh God. <laughs> we now learn that maybe it's been okay that they've been throwing the N-word around this entire time, because wouldn't you know it, it's an acronym. <laughs> and it stands for Never Ignorant and Getting Goals Accomplished. So if I call you that, that's what I'm saying about it. It's a compliment. Fuck you, movie. Fuck you and your stupid... Unbelievable. <laughs> Sorry, my head just really hurts. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a head-hurting movie. <laughs> it hurts my heart. It hurts my head. It makes me very sleepy and angry at the same time. Is it possible to angry nap? Because I'd like one. So we're at the final match. 
ACDC is singing his own version of the national anthem where he's inserting the F word and saying the crib of the brave instead of the home of the brave. And it's very silly. It's maybe slightly funny, but it goes on way too long. Like, it's the whole goddamn song, so. And while he's doing it, the opposing team is shouting the F slur at him and all this. It's just, come on, man. Classic match. It comes down to the wire. LW wins one because the stakes is whichever team loses has to leave town forever. So LW and J Crow in the big championship match. J Crow wins the first one. LW wins the second one. So it's a tie. Then we're in like crazy master mode. J Crow wins the last one because LW almost dies dancing. Like he almost 187s himself the way B Crow did. He just can't dance anymore, and he falls down, and he gets counted out like boxing one, two, three, four, five. Um, and at which point, now that he's lost, that's when the guns come out, and they start shooting, and it's, why didn't you just do this in the first place? <laughs> the guns shouldn't be the backup plan to Dance Dance Revolution. No, if you're a gang of tough guys, as you want everyone to think you are, I would think guns would be option number one. And I get that that's the joke, but it's not a funny joke. Um, no. So they're firing the pistols off. They're firing shotguns off. One of BLT is hiding behind a porcelain toilet, and the bullets are just bouncing off of it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, could be a funny thing if they maybe drew more attention to it. It's just sort of happening in the background. But then they run outside, and LWE shoots the side of a camper van, and it fucking explodes. <laughs> like he shot it with a bazooka. <laughs> so how, like, so that makes the toilet thing now not funny anymore because now, like, your bullets wouldn't go through a toilet, but they'll blow up a van. It's uh, so KCDC and Beatro, nope, Jatro, jump in the car to chase after LWE, who has kidnapped Stacy, of course. God forbid she not be a damsel in distress or have any sort of agency. Here's the other funny line that made that actually made me laugh. They start driving away, and there's there's a gunfight going on, and there's a car chase going on. And KCDC kind of looks over at Jatro and gasps, and he leans over him and puts a seatbelt on, and he goes, "Click it or kick it, bitch." <laughs> okay, yeah, laugh. yeah, I'll give you that one. That was a pretty funny line. <laughs> But that's it. So now we've we've exhausted the two funny lines in this hour and a half long comedy comedy. We have more sexual assault because L W L W E and Stacy are driving on the road and he keeps grabbing her by the back of her head and there's forcing her face down in his crotch while he's driving. And my God, I just can't. And there's uh, they get to a gas station, they get out, and they have a fist fight, and then he doesn't kill him and he's egged, LWE's exiled from town and the good guys win. Whoopsie do. Yeah. Anyone have a guess what the final fucking shot of this movie is? <sighs> I'll give you a hint. <laughs> uh, not only give you a hint, I'll just tell you. It's Stacy and J. Tro standing at the now empty duck pond looking at the sun set or sunrise, I don't know. Presumably sunrise, because it was 
mankind before. And then looking deep in each other's eyes, and then she drops to her knees, and the camera pull backs because she's sucking them off. And that's the last shot of your movie. Huh? Yeah. Disgraceful? I don't, I, don't, I don't even have a joke for that. Nope. It's a disgrace. I'm done talking about it now. I feel terrible. I apologize to viewers last week. <laughs> For having to watch let's kill grandpa this christmas let's kill grandpa this christmas is citizen kane compared to this fucking thing <laughs> yeah no it's I... embarrassing to watch it's embarrassing I... it exists in our culture <laughs> i honestly hope no one did watch this movie <laughs> for their homework i mean and if you if you're curious and thinking perhaps i'm exaggerating perhaps i am uh being some sort of a woke scold or i'm taking things too i'm too easily offended go ahead watch this fucking movie and tell me i'm wrong <laughs> not anyway enough of that time to push the magic button that will tell us what next week's movie is completely at random from everything that's streaming and it is slumber party massacre 2 oh soothing balm i've never seen that i've seen the first one and it's weird that i haven't seen it because it's one of those movies definitely one of those movie store movies that you'd sneak off from mom and dad into the horror movies and just stare at the boxes and go oh i wish i could watch this this looks fun and crazy that guy with the guitar with the drill on the end of it, standing over like co-eds in 90s. Man, oh man. More misogyny, I'm sure, but probably the fun kind. No, after this, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to watch that movie. Uh, and in fact, Magic Button, I want to speak to my abuser directly now. Um, <laughs> yes. you, you, you have put us through some shit, and we've taken it, we've dealt, we've given our haha reviews but i want an apology this time okay one an apology yes magic button i know i'm not gonna get it <laughs> owe us some more good movies as reparations for making us watch the f2 so for next week summer party massacre 2 it is on amazon prime and that'll do it for this week thank you for suffering through this with me sir <laughs> oh I complain, but I enjoy getting to complain, so. This is one of the times where I'm like, I'd rather, I really rather would have not had to watch this. <laughs> you know? Like, usually we get done with an episode, and I'm like, you know, that was a terrible movie, but I, it doesn't bother me that it's in my head, and I got to make an episode about it, and it was fun to make fun of it. But this... I feel like this episode is fun, maybe, but I would gladly have sacrificed it for a, a less funny, more boring episode, too, if you've never heard of this fucking movie. So, there's yeah. that. That'll do it for this week. See you guys next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>